you know, back in my day, there was only one Star War, and it was just called Star's War. And now you, you new, you, you children with your six movies and your television streamers and. Now there's Guardians of the Galaxy and Fireflies and that that Cowman Beanball. There's so much space. Grandpa, Grandpa James, let's get you back to bed. It's, I'm it's never going back to bed. I'm playing my new favorite tabletop role-playing game. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna go lay down. It's okay. Uh, you no, see, you can't tell me. <laughs> your generation and your demands. <laughs> you can't control me I'm my own person And I want nothing more right in this moment Than to play Scum and Villainy Released in August of 2018 <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry I'm <laughs> I don't I don't know what just happened. It, this oh this crazy old man just walked into my brain and took the steering wheel for a moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you managed to wrangle it back. He seemed pretty upset about something. I, don't uh, I hope he goes to sleep soon. He seemed really bothered uh, by yeah. all the cool sci-fi that's come out recently. I'm happy um, with a lot of the sci-fi that's been happening. I do like Star Wars, but like, I don't know. Like, there's some pretty cool stuff that's been happening. Yeah, it's great. And uh, if you like that and you like tabletop RPGs, too, uh, you'll like Scum and Villainy. That sounds neat. What's it about? It is about uh, Scum and or Villainy. Uh, I believe it's directly pulled from that uh, quote from Star Wars about uh, most Eisley being a wretched hive of Scum and Villainy. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of the vibe of this game. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, it was published, uh, like I said, in August of 2018 uh, by Evil Hat Productions, uh, and it is a game based on the game Blades in the Dark. It kind of uses that Forged in the Dark framework, uh, which for those of you who don't know what that means, uh, it's basically a lot of games, kind of like how I talked a few episodes ago about uh, Monster of the Week. Yeah, I was going to say, you talked about Evil Hat Productions before, I'm pretty sure. And it was, it was yeah. in the Monster of the Week episode, right? I, I believe so. I will edit something in here if that's not correct. Um, uh, okay, I looked it up. I, yes, I believe Monster of the Week is, is Evil Hat. Yes. That name just sounded really familiar, and I'm not a TTRPG person, so I was really curious as to where that was ringing a bell. Yeah. They also made the other, the other TTRPG I've been wanting to, to place, uh, Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Uh, that I is haven't played that one. Today, though, that does sound yes. interesting. Yeah, I believe a lot of Evil Hat productions are going to be based on a couple of these different engines. Uh, like how Monster of the Week was powered by the Apocalypse, um, Scum and Villainy is forged in the dark, which is just the term for this Blades in the Dark kind of framework uh, that this game is built on. So what that means is the basic action of the game is you all, you and your player characters, with the exception of the GM, the person running everything, uh, are going to be crews of this uh, either rebel or smuggling or bounty hunting, some sort of unsavory type 
uh, spaceship crew. Uh, this 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 group of outlaws uh, out on the fringes of civilized space. Um, and when you come up against something that you're trying to do, some some plan you're trying to pull off, or some some scummy or villainous thing that you're trying to do. Uh, you're going to roll a bunch of regular six-sided dice, uh, and you're going to use the highest one as the result. Uh, usually, you know, six is going to be you do it pretty well, whereas anything lower than that is going to be you kind of do it, but something bad also happens or something complicates it. Or if you roll low enough, it just it just didn't work. Something happened that you weren't prepared for, and things went sideways. Um Hmm. The Forged in the Dark system, uh, which I haven't talked about Blades in the Dark, but that is another game that will probably be brought up soon because it has a, a similar vibe. Obviously, they're built on the same kind of framework of rules. Uh, but these types of games kind of favor uh, like elaborate heists and shenanigans and these these different crews pulling off these different jobs uh, without really having to prep everything. Uh, one one strength of the system is how much you can kind of jump into something but then kind of pretend that you've been planned for it the whole time. Um, there are things like flashbacks and an inventory system where you don't have to decide what you have until the moment where you want it. Um, there are different ways you can help people out uh, and use uh, different abilities to, to enhance your roles uh, where you're pulling off these different jobs uh, with various degrees of success. Uh, it makes you feel like you've planned these ahead of time where really all you need is a basic uh, idea of what your plan is going to be. And then you can fill in the details as much as you want as you're playing through it. Hmm. That sounds super neat. Yeah, um, it really makes for a lot of because, again, if uh, I <laughs> the the old man that kind of kicked me out of the driver's seat for a while mentioned <laughs> things like Star Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy, Cowboy mm -hmm. Bebop, Firefly. Um, those are all touchstones for this game. That sort of group of uh just assembled misfits uh that half stumble half prepare their way through different jobs that they accomplish um and uh usually end up saving the galaxy in the process um mm. and one thing i really like about this game is it recognizes that again I'm going to come back to Monster of the Week a lot because just like Monster of the Week, uh, Scum and Villainy does a great job of taking a genre that inspires it uh, and replicating it with its game mechanics. Uh, in Scum and Villainy, there are different uh, roles that each of your uh, different player characters can take. Uh, there are different playbooks that you can pull from. Uh, there is the pilot who's good at flying the ship. There's the, you know, the mechanic. There's the 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 fellow who's really good physically with kind of like being a bruiser. Um, there's the sort of uh, leader. I believe it's called a scoundrel. I don't have it pulled up right in front of me. Mm -hmm. um, but there's there's the character who's a sort of cocky leader who gets by by sort of pretending they had everything planned and being a real smooth talker, <laughs> um, which I, I really enjoy. Those are always fun characters to play. Yeah, no, uh, sure. Yes, they're called the scoundrel. Uh, there's also uh, the speaker, which is a sort of uh, person who's able to interact with the mystical uh, force analog of uh, Scum and Villainy. I believe it's called the way. Uh, <laughs> the the speaker is kind of a, um, or no, sorry, that's the mystic. I completely misread that. The speaker is more of like a, a 
charismatic like a uh, diplomat type character okay. um, the the mystic is the one who's able to interact with the the copyright infringement list uh force uh as it is in star wars it's very similar okay uh, and and as i've been talking you've probably already thought of a couple characters in a couple of these different uh, pieces of media that are kind of represented by these and the the different abilities you can get as the, as these different uh characters represent that as well um okay. you, that's super neat yeah um it also allows you as a crew to have your own starship. Uh, and one thing that really interested me when I picked up the game is that there are, there are only three different choices of starship that you can have. But what that does is basically dictate what kind of crew you are. Uh, if you choose one starship, you know you're going to be basically a group of bounty hunters. It's outfitted with equipment. Uh, and gives you sort of starter situations that revolve around finding people and bringing them in. Versus there's another one where you know you're going to be smugglers, where you have all these hidden compartments in your ship, and it's kind of built around trying to sneak past people uh, and deliver things. Uh, where the final option, uh, th those two options were the Star Dancer and the Cerberus. I believe the Cerberus is for bounty hunting, the Star Dancer is for cargo smuggling, and then the fire drake is going to be your sort of rebel faction where you're this scrappy little ship going up against the the galactic powers that be uh trying to to fight for uh, the the good of the galaxy and those different ships uh together with these different characters uh again very very easily emulate this style of we're we're a group of not exactly villains but of the these sort of morally gray or at least complex characters that operate outside the law as these outlaws, uh, but are generally still going to have hearts of gold. They're still going to kind of get the job done uh, mm -hmm. and somehow raise the stakes to a to a survival of humanity level, even though they're just sort of trying to make money and survive. No, I like it. I I love that kind of thing within uh, a lot of the the media that you referenced honestly like spike spiegel and his crew is like a, a good representation of like eh, morally gray for sure but uh they're, they're all like they, they all have their own thing going on but they're they all have like a heart of gold they all like actually care for each other as much as uh faye valentine would detest saying so um <laughs> But yeah, like I, I, I like kind of a ragtag group like that. And especially with like, yeah, I like a lot of the parallels that this is drawing. Similarly, like a, you were saying to uh, Monster of the Week of some of these like archetypes of like the scoundrel, which I can totally see like a Han Solo or a Spike Spiegel being this like just kind of fly by the seat of their pants. But it usually works out. And they're like, yeah, I had that planned anyways. And <laughs> exactly. That kind of thing. And the trusty sidekick who's also typically a brute where you've got like chewy and uh oh what's spikes what's the big guy who's the engineer and the cook on spike's ship i can't remember his name oh i'm uh, such a bad nerd because i don't remember jet jet yes uh yes that's the one yeah uh love that guy terrible that i forgot his name but i can never <laughs> remember a name to save my life but uh yeah no i just i really love that uh I, I like these these archetypes that archetypes that are kind of following suit similar to monster of the week but also with a completely different genre that i'm also very much in love with yeah. um that's super neat that this 
uh, company keeps poking at things that are near and dear to mine, and I'm sure plenty of other nerds' hearts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and to be fair, uh, Evil Hat Productions is the publisher, but all of these games are going to be developed made and, by and made people. by different individual people. Um, but yeah, the uh, Evil Hat seems pretty good at taking games that kind of curate as a specific genre, a specific feeling. Uh, and and this is, I think, honestly, one of their best. One of the ones I was excited for when it came out. Uh, actually, there was a friend of mine who was very excited for it for a very long time, introduced me to it, and we both kind of fell in love with it. Um, uh, that friend probably is going to listen to this episode and is going to be very mad at me that I didn't talk about this game sooner. Uh, and will Bye. also be very mad at me because I have been running a game of Scum and Villainy for a while and it kind of dropped off. And we'll get to why that happened in a second. Oh, that's um, a shame. Yeah, I do plan on bringing it back if you're listening. <laughs> Again, there's like a one in three chance that you are the per- actually no, a two in three chance because two of the different people that play that in that game, I know regularly support me by listening to this show. Um, so yeah, apologies uh, to you folks. Um, because yeah, the the game does have its strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, it does hit on a bunch of things that I also think are very interesting and like the concept of like owning and operating and maintaining a ship. Uh, yes. I'm looking at a little bit of the documentation for it. Cause I like to look at the, the stuff you talked to me about having, having something I can like see helps me with, with the, the stuff. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting stuff in this where it's like one of the, the, the meters on your uh, ship sheet is how much debt are you in is that what this yes. says yes you th- there is a a big element of your crew is doing jobs to earn money and then things will complicate things where you're either making money to pay off a debt or something happens where you can't finish the job quite the same way that you meant to or uh the the sort of galactic police system is hot on your tail or any of the various factions uh, that come up while you play through the game. Um, it's it's a lot of I don't want to say realism in a sci-fi setting, uh, but there there is a lot of sort of groundedness to the characters where they are like every character has a vice, has a personality trait that it, they kind of fall victim to, and that's an mm-hmm. actual mechanic in the game. That is that is how you oh, heal your character in some sense is by falling prey to your specific vice. <laughs> That's fun. Um, yeah. That kind of makes sense, though, in like a, a, a fun kind of way. Um, yeah, that's super neat. I, I, I like. Uh, I've always loved that idea of like space travel and just like the day to day mundanity of just kind of just trying to make it by, trying to stay out of debt and do the things that you can to like just live a live a life. I, I think that that is a very neat concept and having that element to this uh, and playing into those vices for the, the archetypes is uh, I, I don't know that 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 is very neat to me. I, I enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah, it's the sort of the the dark, dirty, dusty underbelly of sci fi as opposed to the sort of grand space wizard space opera like cool sleek uh futurism uh that some sci-fi games and shows and movies have which there's nothing wrong with that that's very fun Mm -hmm. in its own right uh but scum and villainy kind of prefers the 
the very boxy, dirty, kind of gross and not not necessarily uncomfortable, but like the the day to day, the people who can't be the heroes all the time, the people who can't be the the space wizards that solve uh, world hunger across the galaxy, but just the people that got into trouble with the mafia and are now trying to run drugs to pay them off so they can be left alone. That, yeah, no, I, I really like that. Uh, kind of reminds me of the D20 shows. Uh, what was it? What was the space one they just did like last uh, year? A Starstruck Odyssey. Yeah, kind of kind of a little bit of that and like just the the day to day life of like trying to survive on a spaceship crew and just make it through. You're not trying to like well, I guess they were trying to save the universe. That's kind <laughs> of a lot of what that show is about. But Exactly. And that's kind um, of what that genre turns into as well, even though it, you know, it kind of is based in not wanting to be that, which is very entertaining. You know, it is uh it very much is. But uh you know, I I I do definitely think that this is a really interesting concept I, I like this as a tabletop i would want to check this out yeah it's great um real quick i do want to talk about sort of the structure of how the game plays out um, yeah. because I, I think it's at the core of a lot of why this game is great it's very thoughtfully put together um the the big idea behind the game that i've i've mentioned before uh is the job that your crew is doing it's gonna be you know a guy comes to you and says hey I'm trying to get my hands on this thing. Can you move it across these space borders for me? Or, hey, this person wronged me. Can you hunt them down and bring them to me? Or something like that. Uh, you'll have this assignment that you're given, this mission that you're given by the GM. Uh, and you have these different tools at your disposal to kind of plan for it. But the game encourages a minimal amount of planning. You can go gather information. You can kind of ready yourself for what you're walking into but it doesn't really want you to sit there for half an hour and plan out exactly who's going to do what, when it kind of prefers that you take the sort of oceans 11 uh, uh, style where you just sort of jump into the action. And as you go, you have different people explaining, Oh, okay, here's how we got to this point. And there are different mechanics. Like I mentioned flashbacks and things like that where you can kind of move it along as you're living through it. And then after every job, depending on how successful you were, uh, there are also measurements for not just did you do the job, but did you get a lot of attention while you were doing it? Were you trying to be sneaky, but you blew something up very important and had the police chase you for a long time? So you're, you're sort of wanted in this section of the galaxy now. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of things to track stuff like that. Um, and you can travel between systems, too, if you want to lay low and kind of take some of the heat off you in other systems. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then between jobs, you also have these different downtime activities you can do, uh, like indulging your vice, uh, which plays into stress. Um, I can I can back up a little bit and kind of explain. Um, stress is a really important thing in this game as well, uh, because you don't really want your characters to die. But you also don't want them to be superhuman most of the time in a game like mm -hmm. this Han Solo can't use the, the force Han Solo can't like go super Saiyan or attack four times within six seconds, like a D and D character. Um, <laughs> he's not a sorcerer. He's like, he's a guy with a gun that questionably owns a spaceship and has a really hairy friend. 
Um, yeah. So to kind of to kind of reflect that without your characters dying all the time because you're going up against these high stakes, uh, there is a stress system where basically if you want to make yourself better at a certain role or if you want to have a, a particular effect when you're doing a thing or if you want to avoid getting hurt, you can instead say, hey, I'm going to resist that or I'm going to use this different effect. And instead of something terrible happening to me, I'm going to take this amount of stress, um, which is great. It makes you uh, sort of lucky without being invulnerable, because if you take too much stress, you will be traumatized. And even if you don't die, even if you like take this stress to avoid getting shot by this hot laser beam, uh, you might be traumatized by it and you might have to end your life of crime uh, to go live a safer life because you can't like you cracked under the pressure or something like that. There are a couple different ways you can become traumatized. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the character sheet. Also, I love that one of the vices that you can have is just being weird. Yes, um, that's that's great to me of like, yeah, my 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 one true vice is just I'm a little weirdo. Um, yeah, I go do something that not a lot of people would enjoy, and that's what brings me comfort. That that, that speaks to me quite a bit. Um, yeah, uh, alongside other vices like gambling or losing yourself in your work or you know <laughs> stupor. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I'm just a little. I'm just a little weird guy. Don't worry about it. Mm. Um, that's that's yeah. very funny to me. Uh, but you know, a lot of the a lot of the traumas that you can endure just like make you go soft, or you become a haunted individual of just haunted by your past. You're paranoid. You're vicious. You're reckless. Exactly. I, just, I think that that's uh, interesting mechanic for sure. Yeah, because it also wraps in the sort of narrative beats of this game, where as your character experiences more of the sort of dark side of the universe they they grow as a person and maybe they don't love their job anymore or maybe they love it too much they it's it's character development as a sort of punishment uh <laughs> which which sounds worse than it is but it's a really interesting way to add texture to your characters as they as you play through the game yeah for sure that's actually really yeah. neat it's great so much of this game oh, it's just so well put together it perfectly captures this vibe just like blades in the dark kind of came up with this stress system and these these vices and all that uh but scum and villainy fits it very well um but yeah you you take these vices every character has at least one um and you use them in between jobs to kind of reduce your amount of stress and make it much less likely that you succumb to the terrors of whatever you're in the business of um mm. there's also things like healing because you can actually take damage and if you get hurt too many times you'll you'll die pretty easily um and when you get hurt it has uh bad effects on you too so not only are you closer to dying but you also like if you get shot in the leg you are worse at running like you'll you'll take a penalty you'll get to roll one less die when you try to run fast uh, or things like that yeah um, but there's also things like training, where if you find yourself uh, trying to do something over and over and you can't, you can kind of take this time to get better at it and uh, level up and use more dice when you roll that action. Uh, you can build things in your spare time. You can pay people to kind of contract out if you know you have a job coming up uh, where you need a particular skill set that your crew maybe doesn't have. You can go hire that out. There's a lot of different things you can do with your money and your time between jobs. 
Um, but the jobs, again, are at the heart of how the game moves forward. Um, there are complications that happen between jobs as well that can move the plot forward. Like the um, the local authorities can come try to track you down or something got into your spaceship while you weren't looking during your job and now you have to go deal with that, a la that one episode in Cowboy Bebop where there's the, the, the crab. Weird, yeah, the, the, the thing that finds its way on board. Uh, inspired by Alien. Uh, exactly. I love that episode. That's actually the first episode of Cowboy Bebop I ever saw. I was four actually it's a good uh, standalone episode yeah i watched that on y2k <laughs> <laughs> um i i remember my my granddad had fallen asleep and i wanted to watch uh adult swim because i wasn't allowed to so i changed the channel over to it and it was toonami instead that night and uh mm-hmm. yeah i watched that episode of cowboy bebop and then i went to bed yeah <laughs> i fucking love cowboy bebop um it's, that it's is, a great show it is. Uh, that is definitely a standout episode. Uh, not just for me, though. Like, I'm, I am I have heard a lot of people be like, I remember that episode, like, very vividly. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that episode stuck with people so well, but it really did. Yeah. Um. Real quick, I do want to talk about, unfortunately, this game has a sort of tenuous, I have a sort of tenuous relationship with this game. As much as I have been trying to sell you on this game, and as much as I love it, uh, I have only ever run it. I've never been a player in it. Uh, mm. And there are some things about it that just didn't sit right with me, that, that kind of felt like the pacing was off. Uh, there is a mechanic in the game called the clock, where basically any, any sort of more complicated problem that the crew might have uh, that they can't solve with just a single action... Uh, gets mm-hmm. turned into a clock. Uh, and it's a really creative way to visually represent issues and all the different issues that you might have at one time and find uh, ways that the players can tackle multiple things at once or have to balance what it is they're focusing on at the moment. Uh, and it can it can get complex and interesting. But I found personally that clocks didn't really make sense to me. Uh, And I'll be honest, I think that's more of a limitation of me as a GM than it is of the game. It takes a little bit of getting used to. And for whatever reason, I just couldn't quite get used to it. And so it felt like I was kind of focusing on one thing versus the other when I shouldn't have. And things started running a little bit slow, especially Hmm. when you take into account that the game wants the players to succeed. It it is written a couple times in this book, like you shouldn't just do things to the characters. You should telegraph it. You should wait for them to say how they're going to handle it. And only in very rare circumstances should they be fully surprised and fully attacked before they have a chance to react. Um, And because of that, I found there was a little bit of tug of war with how much should happen to the players versus Mm -hmm. how much should the players be dictating what goes on. But honestly... That's kind of a cop out as I look back on it now, because every tabletop role playing game, there's going to be sort of player driven action. And it's the GM's job to take that, roll it into what happens next and move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, So once again, an apology to those of you out there who feel abandoned that I haven't started playing this game. Uh, I promise it's not because the game is bad. It's just because I don't gel with it. But I think I do better now that I've had more time running games like Monster of the Week, where it also takes that approach of you're trying to narratively dictate things 
and things don't happen in an initiative order there there's not like combat where you take attack moves and stuff like that it is just you're in this situation how do you react to it Mm -hmm. um and once you're familiar with that kind of flow that kind of pacing scum and villainy is a great way to make a a fun kind of kind of gross dirty uh sci-fi uh adventure out of it neat yeah yeah no for sure that's that a, a lot of the things sound very fun. I do get where you're coming from with trying to manage a narrative that is mostly player driven while still trying to make sure that you have enough intrigue and challenge in there that it's not just like a cakewalk. You have to you have to as a GM kind of like push back against your your players a little bit, but at the same time with this being very player driven, mm-hmm. um it seems like a definitely a definite challenging balancing act, especially for beginner GMs. So I guess like that would be something to keep in mind if you are new to being a, a GM and you're thinking about playing this game. Well, yeah, and what it is as well, and I'll be I'll com- I'll be completely transparent here, um, not visibly, uh, but sort of metaphorically and linguistically. Uh, I'm still very much visible, uh, even though sometimes I wish I weren't. Oh, I um, thought you were going to transition and then get a child. Um, sorry, my no, mistake. No, let me be clear. <laughs> oh, God. No. <laughs> um, no. So in all honesty, I first started playing this game kind of right off the heels of D&D. That was the one big game I played before. And in, mm. in Dungeons and Dragons, there is a lot of structure in terms of how you go about challenges. There's either one defined skill that you need to use to overcome an obstacle or a couple different ones, depending on creativity. Um, But there is when, when you get into a fight, there is a very defined, this happens in this order and this is written out what you can do here. Um, Scum and villainy, like a lot of more narratively based games doesn't have that structure to it. And for a while, I struggled with that because when you don't have an initiative role to tell you what's happening next, it's hard to get a feel for what you should be expecting of what person at one time. But the game does have tools to help you with that. Uh, It encourages you to be fans of the heroes. It kind of tells you how to alert players to different things that might be going on. Uh, And it encourages the players to use their different skills uh, in different creative ways to solve problems. The clocks that I was talking about earlier, they can be filled in by whatever. You don't write a clock for hacking into the bank vault. You make a clock for bank vault. And then the players can overcome that by either trying to hack into it or trying to just bust it open or trying to convince someone to open it. Any different Mm -hmm. manner of ways. And once you get used to the just plethora of uh open-ended creativity that that allows uh it does become a very fun game where you can kind of present a problem and rest assured that the crew will find some way to overcome it because that's what they always do the guardians of the galaxy always save the day uh in in firefly usually the characters you know survive to take on the next job 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm uh, still looking through the the uh, release sheets that they have for this game. Um, and one of the things in the GM reference that I think is really interesting under the title of GM goals is uh, play to find out what happens. And that's a really interesting note, I feel, for a GM, because usually they're the one telling the story. But it seems like this one, they're you're more trying to figure out what's going on as well as the players. And I actually think that's a lot more entertaining for a GM to like, yeah, not have a full idea of what the story is and actually get to like figure it out along the way and build the story instead of being like, I know everything that's supposed to happen. And I'm trying to <laughs> wrangle these herd these cats along the way. Um, this, uh, this seems a lot, a lot more interesting. I, I, I think yeah. that that sounds like a lot of fun, especially coming from someone who has only played like uh, two half games of D and D, and that's about it. Like this, this actually seems kind of fascinating, uh, uh, very different, but also very uh, kind of exciting and. Uh, it tickles a lot of the, the things that I really enjoy of like, I, I like space travel. I like maintaining and keeping a ship. I like a lot of these archetypes and the things that they're associated with. I like this thing's method of storytelling. Um, the stress mechanic sounds really interesting. Um, and yeah, it, uh, it just seems real neat. I like it quite a bit. Yeah. At the end of the day, it is a just, collaborative storytelling game that a bunch of players tell together about a, a crew of misfits in space doing crimes. Uh, and that's why I think you should play this game. I want to be a misfit doing crimes in space, but instead I am just a misfit doing crimes not in space. You'll get there. I, I believe you will. Within your lifetime, you too can be part of space. Hell yeah. <laughs> but until we are all part of space uh i've been james i've been allison and we will see you in the next episode bye